I remember I was in high school, early high school, I think, and my grandmother told me <clears throat> that St. Augustine apparently had a sign in view of his uh, kitchen table or anyway, his the table that he ate, he and others ate his meals at, ate their meals at in his house that read something to the effect of those who speak about people not sitting at this table are not welcome at this table. <clears throat> she sh- she shared that with me uh, right after I had been gossiping. <laughs> and I still remember it, so it obviously made an impression, but it doesn't mean that I've never gossiped since. I wish I wish that were true. <clears throat> One of the things that that, true or not, that that suggests, those who speak about people not here are not welcome here, it suggests that when we speak about people that aren't in our presence with other people, it's usually negative. Um, and that's that's a sad testimony. Um, but it, it is, I think, true a lot of the time. Gossip is a poison, and it's a huge problem in the church. Um, <clears throat> Tim Keller says that gossip is like cancer to the body of Christ. The gossiper divides people, divides communities, um, builds coalitions, and turns people against each other. And um, it's the exact opposite of what we ought to be doing. We're we're cutting off members <clears throat> of the body from one another. That's as damaging as it sounds. Uh, people for whom Christ died. And so, uh, yeah, we're just talking <clears throat> today about about gossip in the book of the, in the book of Proverbs and. And the book has plenty to say about it. Uh, right after putting this lesson together that night at the dinner table, um, I spoke ill of somebody that was not in our presence. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit convicted me immediately. Um, he's really good at that because he's holy. He's, the, he's God himself, the spirit of holiness. He abhors sin and he, he lets us know. Um, and so, <clears throat> yeah, gossip. It's our topic for the next few minutes here. I, I kind of just broke this down into little little sections just as they came. Um, gossip tastes sweet. That's as good of a place to start as any. Um, there are seven deadly sins or eight deadly thoughts uh, traditionally in uh, they're talked about, written about, preached about in the church. And eventually, someday soon, I'd like to do a series on them. Um, <clears throat> the only one of the the seven that I'm aware of that doesn't yield any pleasure. Uh, sin usually yields some pleasure, at least at first. That's why we do we sin. We always choose whatever we think is going to make us most happy. And so we choose to sin because we think the sweetness is worth it. It's going to make us happy. And maybe we think it'll stay around this time. It never does. But most sins start sweet or have some sweetness to them. Um, envy is the only one that doesn't. It's bitter from the start. But uh, but gossip has plenty of sweetness, plenty of pleasure, um, at least at first, right? So, so part of the reason for this is that when you put someone else down, you're making yourself look superior. I mean, just by definition, you're putting them down. And when you do that, you're basically stepping on them to elevate yourself. Um, and they're not there to defend themselves, so it's easy. And they aren't, they aren't hearing you, so, so they won't get mad at you. 
Um, so it seems like pure benefit to you at first anyway, but it's certainly not the case. And it's definitely not the case with the body of Christ. You're damaging someone else's reputation. Um, <clears throat> so gossip tastes sweet. It's really attractive. I've done it way more than I care to admit all throughout my life. I do it still. Um, my wife has pointed out to me <laughs> a number of times in which I've engaged in it and not even realized it. It's worse, of course, when you do. Um, gossip kills community. Gossip kills community. So it's sweet, but it kills community, like I like I mentioned earlier. Um, and the Proverbs have a lot to say about this. Trimper Longman uh, says, gossips, I'm quoting here, gossips spread information behind people's backs. Not to help, but rather to damage the reputations. And that's really what Augustine's sign was getting at, wasn't it? Um, would that when we talked about other people that weren't around, we could we could rely on the fact that most of the time it was to build them up. It's usually not the case. And that says a lot right there. So I'm going to repeat. <clears throat> I'm going to repeat Tremper Longman's uh, quote. He says, gossip spread information behind people's backs, not to help, but rather to damage the reputation. As is typical of foolish speech. Spreading rumors destroys relationships thus, and thus community. So, so yeah, in the Proverbs, the fool is the one who's going around um, destroying relationships, tearing things down instead of building things up. It's easy. There's a, there's a proverb somewhere in the book of Proverbs that says something to the effect of any fool can tear, can tear a house down, can tear a structure down, but it takes skill. It takes skill, it takes time, it takes precious resources to build something up well, right? Um, any fool can take a hammer and put a hole in something. Uh, Proverbs 16.28 says a dishonest man spreads strife. You ever met someone like that who just goes around um, spreading strife wherever he goes, just causing little little dirt devils to um, to spin up wherever he or she goes? So a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. You see that big time in, if you've seen the Lord of the Rings or read the Lord of the Rings, um, Grima Wormtongue is expert at this, uh, whispering, especially in the ear of Theoden against, against those that are going to, that have come to help Theoden the most. <clears throat> when the gossip is removed, this is Longman again, when the gossip is removed from a situation, communities enhanced. Do you ever notice how when someone, sort of the flip side of when someone is around and they're constantly stirring things up and there's strife, wherever they go, strife follows them like the plague. Whenever they, conversely, whenever they leave, there's just more peace. I hope that's not true about me. May that not be true about us. So gossip kills community. Um, it also, gossip also comes from pride. Now, I don't know that I have this here. Uh, I may or may not. I seem to remember putting it down, but just in case uh, I don't mention it now, you know, in talking about how gossip kills community and then the person isn't there that you're talking about. So it's easy. And just thinking about this sort of shot, this tributary of that truth, which is that gossip is cowardly. So cowardly, it's so much harder to tell something hard to somebody's face. So the gossip is a coward. Um, and very unhelpful. Right. So the gossip uh, kills community. The gossip gossip comes from pride. Um, <clears throat> let me, let me parse that a bit. So Proverbs eleven thirteen a says a gossip betrays a confidence. Tim Keller, he says that to be a gossip, a statement does not have, uh, 
excuse me, to be a gossip, a statement does not have, I mistyped this, does not have to have been kept in confidence. Um, gossip then is negative information that may or may not be true, designed to make the speaker and the hearer feel superior to the object of the gossip, as I've said, right? Um, he goes on, James 4.11 says, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. The verb slander here in the Greek, it's a, it's a Greek word, obviously, and it means to speak against, and the Greek word is katalalane. It means to speak against. So brothers and sisters, do not slander or literally do not speak against one another. So he makes the point, Keller makes the point, it's not necessarily a false report. It's just an against report. So gossip doesn't have to be untrue. That's a lot of gossip happens under that guise of, hey, this is true. I just want you to know this. But yeah, is it is it tearing that person down? Is it casting a pall over that person in other people's presence? Is it something you'd want? Is it the kind of thing you want people saying about you when you weren't there? So it's not necessarily a false report. It's just an against report, one that undermines the listener's respect and love for the person being spoken about. Proper evaluation is gentle, guarded, well-meant, and always reveals the speaker's belief that they share the frailty, humanity, and sinful nature of the one being critiqued. It always shows a profound awareness of your own sin, and it's never speaking against. Um, Keller goes on. He says, because the fallen human heart, I, I inserted that word fallen, because the fallen human heart is driven by self-justification, gossip is almost irresistible. That's Proverbs 18.8. Because it's highly contagious, the wise... I mean, gossip just spreads, doesn't it? It spreads like wildfire. It's so delicious to jump in because um, everybody's feeling better than the person being talked about, right? That's that's extremely attractive. Because it's highly contagious, the wise quarantine it by not repeating it. That's Proverbs 17, 9, 16, 28, and 26, 20. And by avoiding the company of talebearers, 2019. Gossip is listed in Romans 1, as one of the sins of a people or person who has chosen to worship idols rather than God. It's no minor thing. Thing. And why would that be the case? So many reasons, right? But and we'll get to here. We'll get to this in closing. But I think mainly because we worship a God who is the God who rescued us through no desert of our own. We deserve and deserved hell. We railed against him and he loved us as his enemies and hung on a cross for us. And so to to have a posture of speaking against people for whom Christ died and then putting elevating ourselves above others when the truth of the matter is that we've received something glorious and wonderful from God Almighty um, that has benefited us in a great in a great way but through no good of our own and then to turn around and talk about people like that is is to show that we we worship ourselves we worship any God but the true God who gave his life for us <clears throat> so it's no minor thing, Keller says. Gossip is cowardly. So I did mention that, and it is a sub-point here. Gossip is cowardly. Have you ever sat there and listened to someone gossiping, putting down someone else in your presence and thought, I wonder if they've ever done this about me? And chances are that they have. Uh, in this way and in many others, gossips undermine trust in a community, uh, not least because they undermine people trusting them, which is fair, right? But they undermine trust in a community. 
in other obvious ways too by speaking ill about people. They separate close friends. That's Proverbs sixteen twenty eight, um, and that's one of the many things I just love about Jesus that he always tells people the hard things to their kisser, right, to their face. We rarely do. We rarely, we usually tell, uh, say hard things about people behind their backs. He all, he never, never does. He always does it to their faces. Um, we, we, we say hard things behind people's backs and that's, that's evil. It's idolatry. Jesus always tells us the hard thing about ourselves to our faces. He doesn't just do this in the gospels, right? He does it to us. That's what his Holy Spirit does. When his Holy Spirit convicted me of that sin, he just straight up said to me, that's ugly. Look what you just did. Not because he hates me. It's because he loves me. We tell people hard things to their faces because we love them. We, we share the truth in love. Jesus came, Jesus came, John, John's prologue says, in grace. He came full, not in. He came full of grace and truth. He is the truth. Jesus, when we see him, we see the truth about who God is because he is God. And we hate that so much. We see how sinful we are so much. Because when Jesus comes, he says, his holiness says to us that, that what has to happen to, to bring us back to God, to make us right, is, is his death on the cross. What his holiness says to us is that we are completely corrupted. And, and, and our pride hates that. But that's, and that's the truth that he speaks to us. That, look, to be made right, you need me to die. This is how severe your condition is. Okay, that stinks to hear. It's truth. And the truth saves us if we will simply submit to it. But it's also he's also he's also full of grace because what does he do with that truth? He goes, he takes it to the cross. He does something about it. He provides he opens a wall oh, he opens a, a space in the pitiless wall of the world uh, that we can walk through. And it's open through the cross, and the cross is our passage into life, right? Death death into life. Death to our old man, uh, life in him, a new life, a resurrection life, a, a, a second birth. <clears throat> so Jesus always speaks the truth in love, full of grace and truth, because he's unafraid. He's the most courageous man that ever walked the planet. Um, tell, telling someone something hard about themselves is very, very scary. So what do we do? We turn tail and say behind their backs. We tell others hard things about people instead. So instead of that, those people being helped by that hard thing, because uh, when a friend tells you something hard, it's a gift. But instead of doing that, we, we just hurt them when we, we deprive them of that gift. So, so gossip is cowardly. Gossip is also sneaky. I'm going to, I'm going to quote Keller at length one more time here because it's so good. Uh, Proverbs 25, 23 talks about a sly tongue, reminding us that gossip and slander are subtle and elusive and subtle. It's a different language, obviously Hebrew, but subtle is the word, the one word that's used of the serpent in Genesis 3, verse 1. When evil enters the garden, the, the serpent is subtle. He's the most subtle of all the beasts that God had made, or crafty is another translation. So that's the gossip inside of their subtle or elusive. Gossip comes in many, this is why I'm reading this, this is really good, listen to this. Gossip comes in many disguises. It can be a heads up about something you should know. How many of us have done that, right? It can masquerade as an expression of false compassion for poor so-and-so. It can even come in the form of a request for prayer. A lot of gossip happens in prayer circles, which is just a shame. Gossip is also not always conveyed by words themselves. James 5.9 says, don't grumble against one another. 
And the word grumble here, Keller points out, literally means to groan and roll the eyes at someone. <clears throat> so body language is, is as important for conveying a disdainful attitude as actual words. When everyone exchanges exasperated, uh, hor uh, horried, <laughs> horrified, I think I meant to say, horrified looks, shakes of the head, eye rolls, sighs, and ironic laughter. The damage is done, even when little is said. How can you assess if your statement about someone is gossip or not? Ask this. Is this something I should be talking to the person about directly? Is this information something the person wouldn't mind my sharing? Is this the kind of thing I would want someone sharing about me? So those are some diagnostics, some litmus tests. Have you ever heard anyone tell you something recently that you knew qualified as gossip? How did you respond to the speaker? How should you have responded? So and that leads to this. Not only should we not gossip, we shouldn't listen to gossip, right? We, so listening to gossip is, and not saying anything is tacit approval. It's not just easy to gossip. It's really easy to listen to gossip. Uh, Proverbs 18, 18. How hard is it to shut someone down in the middle of their gossiping? That is tough. The only first people I've ever done that with, maybe, are my family members. It's just a lot easier to be hard on your family. Um, and that's a damnable shame. Um, when we listen to gossip, we participate in it. And that's sin. Because we're tacitly approving it, right? Uh, we shouldn't gossip. And we shouldn't associate with those who do. Proverbs 20:19b. But Paul, in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 and following, talks about... <coughs> he talks about not, not uh, keeping company with those who... Or sexually perverse, I believe, is, is, is the, the example that he's talking about in that, in that chapter. But he's, but then he goes, hey, I'm not, he's like, caveat, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the unsaved. I'm talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about those who claim to follow Christ. Don't, don't be around them if they're actively participating in sexual sin of whatever kind, right? I'm not talking about the world. If I was talking about the world, don't hang around anyone in the world who's unsaved that that lives this way out, you'd have to leave the world. Uh, so that might tweak what I'm saying a bit. Like the question now is <clears throat> that I'm trying to get at is um, what do we do with, with folks that don't know Jesus that are gossiping, right? Well, I think at least we can say we don't, we might not rebuke them or, or um, walk away. But if we can be a community and a people who only speak well of folks, right, and who even interject with things that are positive, then that is, it's going to stand out, right? Um, we can at least say that Christians ought not to gossip, and we, and we ought to repent of it when we realize we have, and we ought to call fellow Christians on the carpet in love when they gossip, um, and receive that from others, right, when we, when we get caught gossiping. Um, we ought to leave their company, the company of Christian gossips if they continue, or of gossips who claim to be Christian, I, I should say, if they continue without repentance, or remorse. Um, <clears throat> okay. So shunning gossip, as I just mentioned, it'll cause the church to stand out, right? As the gospel sinks more deeply into our hearts and community, we will gossip less and less because the gospel humbles us, like I said earlier. It humbles us by telling us uh, how what we deserve is hell, but what we've been freely given in Jesus through faith 
because of what he's done for us and how he's taken our place is it's restored relationship with God. That's what we've been given and, and his full inheritance. So we're dearly loved, not because we deserve it, but because he deserved it and switched places with us. So preaching this to ourselves constantly, daily, and to others will continue to humble us, to, to steal a Keller phrase, it'll humble us to the dirt, humble us to the dust, and it'll elevate us in the sense of our security and our self-worth to the stars. Um, so we won't be okay with looking down on other people because we are right down there with them and we have this elevated sense of who they are because Christ laid his life down for them. They're worth an infinite amount to him. And so we're not going to want to trample on them with our words, right? Um, so what's the best antidote to the evil of gossip? It's it's the gospel. It's not some other uh, silver bullet or magic pill. It's the gospel. The gospel isn't where we start. It's where we live and it's where we finish. It's where we start and where we finish. It's not the A to A, B, A, B, C. It's the A to Z, right, of our life. Is just believing the gospel more, knowing the gospel more, letting it more pervade and saturate more every nook and cranny of how we live. The more we know it and believe it, the more we will walk into the freedom that's already ours in Jesus, fully bought and paid for by by his blood. Um, <clears throat> what if, just putting this out in front of you as we close, what if the church, our community of saints, for instance, Sojourn Galleria was 100%, just imagine, it's a thought experiment, right? What if we were 100% gossip-free? A place and people where Jesus command in Matthew 5, 23 through 25, was followed every time. Um, and I, I, as soon as I list that, I don't have it written out. I'm not even sure. I know it's Sermon on the Mount. Um, and I'm just going to have to find it. This is embarrassing, but it's okay. I'm too deep into the lecture to re-record. Um, Matthew 5, 23. What am I referencing here? Why can't I? Okay, so if you're offering, yeah, right, there it is, of course. He's talking about anger, and he says, look, if you're offering your gift at the altar, which does would be basically if you're approaching God, if you're praying, if you're praying, if you're doing business with God, if you're having a dialogue with him, and you realize somebody pops in your head and you go, man, they have something against me. He says, put down your offering. In other words, stop praying, stop praying, stop yammering, go make it right, go to them, and it, as much as is in your power, make it right. Ask for forgiveness, find out what's wrong, have a frank conversation. Right. If in other words, if instead of gossiping and then he says, and then you and then offer your offering. In other words, then you can start praying again, like make things right. If you know things are not right. In other words, look, if there's stuff that somebody needs to hear, go tell them to their face. Do that hard work. It'll be good for you. It'll be good for them. It'll be good for the community. It'll honor Christ. Everything will get unified and built up and fortified instead of the opposite, which is what gossip does. Don't take the coward's way out. <clears throat> Next time you catch yourself, repent and go. What? What if? So back to this. What if we followed this advice every time? What if? What would our community look like? We'd be doing a lot more work, interpersonal work. We'd be having way more face-to-face -face conversations, and we'd be a much healthier family. We'd stand out in our neighborhoods like stars in a black sky, turning many to righteousness. Daniel twelve three. Um, this is what. God's kingdom in Christ ought to look like, and the picture that's painted for us there is, is, is by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. So let's pray, and we're going to do this Sunday, right? Let's pray that we could be this kind of community.
uh, Keller finishes his little blip with this prayer. Lord Jesus, you never grumbled, complained, or derided people. In fact, you died for them. That was my insertion. He finishes with this request. Do what it takes to keep me from doing these, these things. Amen.